Hi, I'm Libby Tozer. Welcome to the She Is Seen podcast. The She Is Seen podcast aims to open up deep and nourishing conversations that encourage us to slow down and be present in this moment and to shift shame by sharing stories. She Is Seen is about real, raw and wild truths of the women who we walk with. It's about shifting perspectives, drowning out the noise that keeps us too busy and creating some time and space to awaken the wisdom that lives within each of us. It is a beautiful reminder that you are enough as you are in this moment. Today, I'm recording on Rum and Jerry Rui, and we're joined by Ginny to chat about not having kids, because this is a choice that some women make for themselves and others don't get the chance to. And I really want to share all of the different perspectives because this is a huge and really important topic. Thanks for chatting to me, Ginny. <laughs> You're more than welcome, Libby. How are you today? Good, thank you. That's good. I might give some perspective. People that have done photo shoots before probably would have met you and you're part of the Circular Sheen membership as well. So yeah. I'll put photos of you up when I share this <laughs> so people can see who I'm talking to. Yeah. Why did you not have kids? Good question. Yes, really subtle. <laughs> Very subtle. I always wanted to have kids. I would have loved to have had kids. But sort of early on, I realised that I probably would not be able to have kids because my um, period was very, well, it didn't really exist really. Yeah. I think on most occasions, you know, I would bleed for, you know, maybe even a half a day, you know, and that would be it. So I used to get all the pains and everything associated with full-on but just never, never had periods really. So menopause was really non you know, when I went through menopause, yeah. I really didn't even notice it, you know. So I don't know whether that's a lucky thing or not. But, yeah, I certainly didn't choose not to have kids. I was probably the only one in my family that really wanted to have kids. I've got two sisters, and uh, they both have children. I'm the middle um, child. But, yeah, unfortunately, I, I never was really in the position to have kids because I didn't really have a steady boyfriend or anything like that. So, you know, I never really, you know, I just wanted kids. I feel like a lot of people had kids without the steady boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, but that was important to me. No, know? I know. Like, Sorry, yeah. I know. I know. Bad, um, <laughs> but it was important human. to me to have a family unit, I suppose. Do to other things in my life that, you know, <laughs> like have caused me to want that. But anyway, so I didn't really do much about it. You know, um, like I didn't go and have tests or anything to see whether there was anything wrong. Yeah. I was it just, just never really, you know, I would have loved to have had a ongoing relationships and things like that. But I was a very different person then too. I was, you know, 70 kilos heavier. And didn't like myself as a person, so I didn't expect anybody else to like me. So yeah, I went through and the years ticked by and then I didn't have kids. I know things about Ginny because I know Ginny, so I can, so Ginny's 66 and she was a school teacher for a long time, so she's always had kids involved in her life. And that's funny that you just, or interesting, I just thought also because you are 66 and you had the, so things have changed a lot over time over time yeah and I wonder now if you had that issue with your period and wondering about it affecting fertility if there's things that they could have done 
who knows? Yeah, I, may, I suppose maybe if I had have been in a di- different situation and I was with, you know, somebody and, you know, we were trying, I, yeah, I would have probably gone through everything. But, you know, it just, the years just pass so quickly, really. Yeah. But I did become a teacher because of kids. And I can always remember when I met, um, Kaz that her, she loved the way I reacted to Rosie, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, I, yeah, I love kids and I've got time for them and I get on well with kids. So, you know, I would have been a good mum, I think. Yeah. So, but I don't, um, yeah, really think about it much now, you know, in regards to not having kids. Yeah. Except that it would have been nice, but I'm, yeah, I don't lose sleep over it anymore. That's good. because it can be a pretty confronting thing for people like I know people more my age I guess in the situation where they're looking at not physically being able to have kids Mm. and it's a it's a pretty big journey and have you got have you got like wisdom there that you could share with someone that you know if we all we've kind of I don't know it must be pretty full-on if you if that's in your vision of what your life's going to entail and it can't is there? I suppose really with me, I've sort of always been a go with the flow sort of thing and things think things happen if they're meant to happen and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe there was a reason I couldn't have kids, you know, like maybe there's, you know, not only in fertility. Yeah. Maybe they made a, may have been something wrong with them or, you know, like, yep. yeah, you know, and maybe I, wouldn't have been able to handle, you know, a, you know, some sort of. I don't know. It's so weird. It's you know. Yeah. I um. All I know is that if people really want to have kids, and that they need to do everything in their power to actually have them. But then, you know, I was also too old to adopt when I decided that I wanted to adopt, or you know. Oh. So I always think they're fantastic options. There are so many kids out there. Yeah. You know, and not only in our country, you know, all over the world that are desperate for people to adopt them and stuff like that, you know. Yep. And foster kids, you know, foster kids. But some, you know, I suppose having your own child is, it's just something different, you know, because the bond is that, you know, they've been inside your tummy and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I still think that there's just as much love and stuff that can be brought in you know, through adoption or fostering and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So to all those people out there, you know, if it doesn't work for you, there are other options, but try everything that there's out there. There's so much these days. And don't, you know, like, and as I said, if I had been in a different situation, I would have done all that. Yeah. But I suppose life was too much fun and stuff back, you know, when I was growing up, I was a bit of a... (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking about your, and we just kind of glossed over your, your weight loss, which is pretty significant and it's maybe not on this topic, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah, um, it's good. I can't believe how I can move now compared to what I used to be. How much weight did you lose again? Cause you, 70 kilos. 70 kilos. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, and that's why I've got. You can see why that would be more comfortable. Loose, you know, (laughs) so much loose skin everywhere. It's revolting, but it's not revolting. 
No, of course I love myself. Of course you of do. My, but you know, but I do, I do love myself. I try to love myself. Like we're all meant to, because we're all beautiful people. Yes, that's correct. Have you found over the years that you've had to explain yourself? Is it something that comes up often? People, do people? No, not really. I suppose people just say, "Have you got any kids?" And I say, "No." And that's it. <laughs> Most of the time, people don't usually ask. I suppose maybe because it's rude. No, <laughs> maybe because it's where I was at that age group. You know, like now in my sixties. You know, yeah, it's not really a topic of conversation that sort of comes up much. Like, you know, are you going like, to get that happening? <laughs> yeah, have you got kids? You know, like how many kids? You know, but if I was younger, or even when I was younger. I suppose because of the journey that I was on, I didn't, I wasn't mixing with that, you know. Yeah, kids were around, but uh, yeah, no, no, I wasn't asked. That's as, the simplest way I can put it. <laughs> not till now, Libby. Yeah, you're really not till now. <laughs> but no, I don't mind you asking. But I would, you know, I dearly did want to have kids. But and that's why I became a teacher. And the kids used to always call me mum and then get really embarrassed about it. And I'd say that was okay, you know. I don't mind you calling me mum. So, you know, I had lots of kids. Yeah. And it's actually really nice to be able to let them go home at the end of the day. Yeah, and I'm sure you can give in a different way. I would assume if you're a teacher without kids, you have a different sort of energy than someone that's got to go home to a kid yeah. that's like nagging in them well, in, a, I, in a really cool way, in a way that you can give them extra. Yeah, I used to admire the teachers at school that did have kids and had kids at the same school, you know, because I just think, um, and especially if you're actually teaching them as well, you know, like I actually admire them. Yeah. I admire any person that works full-time and has kids because kids, are, you know, really are the most important thing in your life. And... You should be there for them at their beck and call while they're growing up, you know, to yep. give them every opportunity possible. And that's, you know, I've had a pretty hard journey with my life and I'm going through issues with family at the moment and stuff, you know, and really realise how important it is for kids to have that loving, you know, kind, nurturing person around them while yep. they need them. And so when you're working, you know, how those mothers teach all day and then go home and cook a meal, get the homework done, you know, it must, you know, I feel for them, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, in some respects at that stage, you know, I wouldn't have been one of those people that could afford not to work, so I would have had to be working and have kids. Yeah. And I don't think it's really fair for the kids or you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just run ragged, you know. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, most people have to have two incomes coming in these in these day and age, you know. Just quickly, if you are ready to start honouring your truth and step into a new way of living in embodiment, connected to all that is, standing with and in nature and really owning the skin that you're in and recognising yourself for how amazing you are, if you've got anxiety you need to drop, mind clutter, and you're really just ready to be inspired by incredible humans weaving their magic in the world, come and join us in the Circle of She membership. It's what makes everything about She is seen 
possible and the value is ridiculous. It's just $22 a month. You'll be inspired by amazing humans all the time and get to be part of our incredible community. Head to sheisseen.com.au. We would love to welcome you as a member. So do you think stuff like earlier in your life also would have fed into that? I guess it fed into your self-confidence. Both my sisters had kids, you know, quite late. You know, we, you know, sort of so, you know, in I would have been, you know, well and truly in my late 20s or something, you know. So, you know, I just, I suppose I blocked it out really when I knew that I, see, I suppose I'm very, very foolish because I never really, I've never been much to go to doctors and things like that. I don't think you're foolish. And no, well, no, but maybe, you know, maybe I could have had kids. It was me that said that I couldn't have kids. I never had any medical evidence other than not having a period, you know, a functioning period, you know. (laughs) So, you know, maybe if I had of, you know, did I want them, well, I obviously didn't want them that bad to go ahead and do all those sorts of things back then, fertilising clinics and all those sorts of things, you know. And then by the time I sat down and thought about it, it was way too late. Yeah. You know. And also, to me, it is important to have, I've seen so many single mums struggle. Yeah. You know. And I really think if I was going to bring in a child to the world, I would really want a supportive person to be it with is me. the ideal scenario yeah. and where well, does that come from i don't know this is you the know? whole interesting thing yeah the, where does it come from it's a whole interesting thing in the so i'm so adamant about some things about you know the vax and you know like so many things and yet i am totally changing my way of thinking about you know the family unit. And yeah, what it's yeah, you meant want the be. traditional family unit. Well, I think it's but like mine a huge... certainly wasn't. No, and then no. but you still cling. I know for myself, but you still cling on to this like imaginary. And well, where it's does not it imaginary. Come from, you know, like I think it's society, our society conditioning, and we think we're meant to be in this. This has come up in all the interviews about this. With yeah, the, I think we're is. meant to be in this. We think we're meant to be in this nuclear family, and then in the. In the wrong situation, we can cling on to it, cling on to that so badly that if you are in that and it's a really unhealthy relationship dynamic, then the the other extent of that is staying in the yeah, relationship for the wrong damaging. reason. Yeah, oh yeah. for sure, yeah. And you see so many, and that's been really affected by COVID with people having to be forced to stay at home. You know, the the domestic oh, yeah. violence and stuff, and the kids. But even beyond that, I think it's like the before that, like when you're we all still lots of us buy into the buy the house, have the kids stay together. Well, lucky I didn't look because, you know, lucky I didn't actually live up to all those sorts of beliefs because I would never have had my own home and stuff like that if I was <laughs> waiting around for that. I'm to not happen. sure how many people do live up to all these beliefs. <laughs> Yeah. I have to do ones on that as well. Yeah. I have to find these people that have the perfect relation, the well, perfect family be, dynamic, well, and I'll find out what, their perception. I could actually put you onto a family that I believe is pretty well goddamn perfect. 
It was interesting. I wonder if they are from their perspective, yeah. though, because it's always yeah. that looks different yeah. from the oh, outside no, no. looking in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get lost in your own self-doubt, how do you pull yourself out? Well, I'm a chronic sufferer of depression, so um, I quite often get into holes, and when I'm in those holes, I love to be by myself. I immerse myself in my garden, like really immerse with myself in my garden. You have a pretty good clothes shopping habit. Yeah, but I've, I've tried to keep <laughs> I've tried to keep away from the old shops at the moment. No, but usually what happens is after a little while, I sort of start thinking about others, and it's usually thinking about why have do I feel like this when I've got so much, you know, and others are just struggling so badly. Does that help you it to pull it out? It does, quite, not all the time. It depends on where I am in that depression sort of thing, you know, yeah. whole sort of thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes it might last months. Yeah. And it'll be something like really devastating that's happened in the world. Yeah. You know, and that just fuck. Yeah. You know, and it's literally it's like that. It's yeah. just gone. It's like that shattering of yeah. So, yeah. But other times it might be just a day or two where I'm just, you know, I really am in tune with my body and listen to what it wants and, you know, I'll pay it out a lot as well in regards to having a lot of chill time, you know. But when I think of what I've gone through in the last 18 months with the house build and all that sort of stuff, I do deserve it really. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's usually thinking about others that are much worse off than what I am. I don't know whether that's a good thing, but it helps me. Well, if it helps, it's good. Yeah. Suppose they'd like to think that there's people thinking about them. and Yeah. Yeah. I thought it might be cool if you tell us a bit about your perceptions of She's Seen. I really like, yeah, to know, because... Because you have become quite involved yeah. in she's seen and the membership and the movement and everything and sure I can talk to you about yeah. that. I actually had never heard of Libby until I um, Lauren, my dreadlock lady, who is a gorgeous woman, and um, one day when she was doing my maintenance, asked me if Libby Tozer had contacted me, and I said no. Who's Libby Tozer? And she said that she was this woman that run this movement, a movement called She Is Seen that she had um, developed, and so and that she was looking for some help. So I went home and looked up Libby Tozer and on Facebook, and there were lots of pictures of her. But I actually trolled her for a while till I knew that I had the right Libby, but they all ended up being her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So I just asked her if she would like to meet and so she met and basically since that day we've sort of worked together and I've become part of the team. As I said, I didn't know anything about it but as soon as I met Libby I was just um, in pure admiration of what she was trying to do. You know, it's such an amazing thing because I had so many struggles as growing up as a obese woman and hating my body and stuff like that. So totally in awe of what she was trying to do and just been very, very supportive ever since. So, yeah, and I'm in for the long haul as long as she needs me. 
<laughs> you have to kill me to get rid of me. That's a bit extreme. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do. We get on well. I can remember one day that Libby said that I've got the ability to ease her anxiousness on days when she's doing shoots and things. So that's nice to know too. So yeah, you I've do. got a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of admiration for you, darling. You're an amazing lady. Oh. Yeah, and I hope you have heaps and heaps of success with this. So come on, all you people out there, come and support this amazing woman. <laughs> Thanks, Ginny. Yeah, and you do really help with the with the. I don't often talk about my mental health stuff publicly, but Ginny's copped it a bit, <laughs> I think, because she's helping at shoots. Which before we have the shoots, especially since COVID, they're so stressful. But you would never actually tell it when Libby's there. She's so organised, even though. She's very unorganised. She's taken emodium. Well, I don't know what <laughs> you do, but it always is very, very relaxed. It, people are just chilled out. There's no demands or anything like that. It always just works out beautifully and there's nothing but rave reviews from people that come here, you know, and do them. And they, I think that's the most exciting thing, that people love the shoots. I, lo- I think they love the shoots. Yeah, they're pretty. They are pretty yeah. fun, and they're powerful. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. And we've created a beautiful community. And they look forward to, you know, I know when I've spoken to people when, you know, we've said we may not do as many shoots, you know, and the one about you talking about doing the shoots at sunset and in the waters and, you know, in the forest lying on the logs. I mean, honestly. You should be doing more of them, but just small ones, you know, like just put out today, we're going out to, you know, like to Kaipo, you know, let me know if you want to be involved and, you know, there could be 10, 12 people. I think that'd be beautiful little shoots. Yeah, they're fun, those ones. Yeah. I know that Libby's going through in her mind how, you know, continues to work on how to make this the best that she can. So there continues to be lots of changes, which is fantastic, you know, and that's what it's all about to move things forward. Yeah, we always And especially always. in this day and age, you know, how things just change so rapidly and you never know really from one day to the next what's going to go on. Yeah. Mm. And we're always open to people getting in touch to help, um, help with collaboration and yeah, yeah. ideas and supporting and yeah. charities to support and yeah, get in touch if you've got any of those ideas. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for chatting today, Ginny. That's that... okay. Thanks, H. Libby. No worries. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much, Ginny, for coming and chatting, and thank you so much for listening to the Shears Scene podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Shears Scene, the podcast. I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating or review to help us grow this wonderful community, which you're welcome to join and be part of in whatever way works for you. You can connect with us more on the socials or online at She Is Seen Movement. We would love to hear from you, so reach out, get involved and help us shift shame by sharing stories. Thank you for being here and showing up. This is your weekly reminder that you are enough exactly as you are in this moment and actually you're kind of amazing. So thank you and we'll talk to you soon.